You are listening to the Mini Minxes. It's a mischievous way to start your week. Disney Girl Power. Hello and welcome to the Mini Minxes Disney Podcast. Thank you for downloading this episode number twenty-five. The girls reflect on twenty-twelve. Bit of a reflective show today. You got anything to say for yourself today then, Kimmy? Did you have a good Christmas? I did indeed. Very busy Christmas. I managed to clock up about 1,500, 2,000 miles on the old uh, little car. Jetting about from here to there, visiting lots of uh, lovely people. That's because you're a little less popular. Try my best. It's because I've got such lovely friends who invite me to their homes to share and enjoy things with them. It's so inconvenient because they don't actually live where you live. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody lives near me, but hey, ho. I don't know. Too bad. It only takes me about an hour. True. Forty minutes of a put my foot down. And don't get lost, like most people who come here. But hey, ho. I hope everybody else has had a good Christmas and a happy new year to everybody. Just quickly before we get on, I just want to say if you want to be involved in the show, whether that be ask a question or if you want to share something with Disney with us, then please do drop us an email because we're reading your emails and using them in the show at contact at the uk. Anyway, I'm going to tell everybody what's on the show on this episode. Oh, please do because I don't even know. <laughs> Well, we're going to be talking very shortly with Lou Mongello from WDW Radio about the meet that we are organising along with Daydreaming Disney in February. I can't believe it's, it's, you know, a month away, Kim. So Lou's going to talk a little bit about that first and then later on in the show, we've got him back on again to talk a little bit about 2012 and his thoughts of what the main events were. Now, as well as Lou's perspective, we're going to include a little bit of our own razzle-mazzle minxy style, and a couple of our listeners have very kindly tweeted in some Disney highlights of theirs from this year as well. So we've got quite a bit stacked into that show. And bearing in mind, we've also got three fabulous Kieran facts. Ah, uh, Kieran and his facts. I think we should just not talk and let Kieran just say his facts for the whole show. <laughs> We should, have, we should have a Kieran special. <laughs> He'd love that. <laughs> Although, please take particular note on Kieran fact number three for Kieran's very Disney impersonation of a Dalek. <laughs> Can't wait to listen to that one. <laughs> I know, that'll be quite interesting. When we finally let Lou out of the cupboard that you brought him in, because you did a black him to have him on the show. Like you said, we're going to talk about this meet that Michelle and Emma and, well, I suppose me as well to a certain extent, have kind of arranged for the 2nd of February. Now, after much debate, it was decided that the meet was to be done in Nottingham. It sure was. I think Nottingham was sort of picked because it was in, I think it was between Nottingham and Manchester, correct me if I'm wrong. And it was decided that Nottingham was easier for the Southerners to get to. Yeah, basically last meet that WD Radio UK fans had was in London. 
So we thought for the more northern fans out there, you know, perhaps somewhere midpoint of Nottingham because it has got really good links to a lot of motorways, fantastic trains and a Disney store, which is obviously a prerequisite. Does this Disney store sell vinyl mason? It will do if I keep on emailing the store every day and saying <laughs> please sell vinyl mation. <laughs> We're not going to have a bunch of Disney fans on a rampage because they don't sell vinyl mation. Oh, we'll sort something out about that. <laughs> Michelle's going to have her own little store outside. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it'll fund me holiday. I'm not bothered about that. I'm not proud. <laughs> Come and buy me vinyl nations. I've got loads to sell. Mixing Michelle's second hand store. <laughs> hey, my, mine aren't second hand. They're all in boxes. Very true. They're very like pristine condition. I'm not even allowed to look at them when I go over. Look, you can't touch them. I'm not allowed to touch them either, no. <laughs> and she packed down before I leave. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> so last time I went round, which was just before Christmas, Michelle's husband was actually mutilating a vinyl mation. He was indeed. He turned in one of my vinyl mations to the end of a pulley on a string for my um, downstairs lavatory, which um, is now proudly hanging. And which it does, to be fair. But when I walk in and he's drilling into a vinyl mason <laughs> from the head to the toe. It was kind of a scary image. Oh, come on. It was only something like a cutester. It wasn't a good one. Excuse me, it was an urban texter one. Oh, go on then, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't a cutester. Well, it wasn't exactly the pink elephant, was it? Well, no, not true. It wasn't a rare chair. So it wasn't the variant. It wasn't the clear variant. It was just the normal texter one. So I suppose then I should let our Michelle talk to Lou as they discuss a bit more about this meat. Right, so as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, we are arranging quite busily myself, Kim and Emma for a special meet in February and I'm very lucky to have with me to say hello and encourage people to come along, the Lou Mangello. Hello Lou. Hi, how are you? Great to talk to you again. Very well, thank you. And yourself, it's always a pleasure. Trying to invite as many Disney fans as we can to our meet in February basically encourage people to use your forums as a way of finding like-minded Disney friends. Yeah, you know, I love what you guys are doing, this idea of sort of bringing Disney to you because it's so hard for you to get there. And like you said, I think you, you hit it right on the head with getting together with like-minded people. You know, that you are, I think a lot of us used to think that, you know, I'm the only Disney fan in New Jersey or the only Disney fan in, in England that thinks about Disney all the time and you find that you are surrounded by a community, an extended family and friends that feel the same way that you do and there is something really neat about just getting together. It's not about where you are, it's about who you're with. Too right, exactly. And I must admit, as, a, as I found Emma through the forums on WDW Radio and then she organised the meet that she did last year and through that I have met so many people who even in the UK might live four or five hours away but I was even able to meet up with them in Florida on my holidays this year so it was it was so special yeah it's really neat um, and it's really neat you know I love being able to sort of watch what you guys are doing and watch all these friendships come together and form and I've had a chance to meet so many people from the UK that were either at that meet and things like that and, and you know you guys have become friends as well too oh I know four of them was very lucky to go along on the cruise with you as well Mark and Tara and Tim and Kerry very jealous Oh, and you guys all bring me and send me all kinds of great food from the UK. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes, just send us the list so that we can fine tune what you actually like bring us to bring over. That's not a problem. I need to come there. I need to come there and, and, and experience the UK with you guys. Definitely. And then we can introduce you to the delights of scraps <laughs> and chip butties. Chip butties. I, Emma's told me all about the chip butties <laughs> and I, I don't know what they are, but I want to try them. <laughs> yeah, and we can all nick loose chips. Oh, I fish and chips and now you're getting me. Once again, look how quickly the conversation turns to food. Always is. So back to the meat. (laughs) (laughs) 2nd of February, um, Saturday afternoon in Nottingham. We are hoping, keeping our fingers crossed, that Mr. Mongella we might be able to squeeze you into that box. I would love to try and connect with you guys virtually, but as close as possible. Yeah, that would be great to be able to sort of join you from across the pond via video. <laughs> well, we'll try our best, but we know WDW Radio next year is on the road. You're on your travels. Yeah, so we're, we're traveling a lot around the country. Again, that idea of there are people scattered throughout the country and throughout the world that can't always get down to meet to the month or special events or like you said the cruise not to bring up a touchy subject but they can't sort of come to Walt Disney World and so I thought let's sort of go out there and go to where people are so we're going to be going to Las Vegas and New York and Aulani and uh, a cruise in the fantasy the Walt Disney Family Museum lots of different places throughout the country because like you said there's nothing like getting together with like-minded people and the project for 2014 is Lou gets to go to London Yes, I desperately want to come to London. <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to help you on that one and plan a really busy itinerary for you, so you just can't say no. Sounds good to me. Right. Well, so we've reminded you of the date, enticed you with the possibility of speaking to Lou in the box. So hopefully everyone will come along and meet up with us in February. So thanks for joining us for that part, Lou. Oh, thank you. Okay, so just to remind everyone that this meet is actually free. We're not cha- we're not charging. We're not selling tickets. Woo-hoo! We're not going to frisk you at the door for all your loose change as much as I really do need it to put towards my Disney trip. It is a free meet. With it being a free meet, it's also a bit more relaxed than say a convention. We're not necessarily having structured events, would you say, Michelle? No, it's it's going to be very very informal. Pop in, pop out. If there's need for it, we. If people want to trade some vinyl mation, by all means, you know, we'll put that into the day. But it's just going to be very informal. And there is going to be more information coming out over the next sort of fortnight, really. Either through our next podcast, episode 26, or through our Mini Minxie's blog, which I'll give you the details for at the end of the podcast. We, we might record a show out there. I think we've discussed it, haven't we? Yes, we're going to do a little bit of um, an episode recorded at Nottingham and we will be talking more about that in the next episode about how you can get involved, whether in person or via Skype even. So we'll get back to you on that. Yeah. The reason we chose this particular location of the Holiday Inn was basically they offered us a meeting room so it's going to be ideal that we're away from everybody else but if need be there is a bar in the hotel lobby where people can get hot and cold drinks and if people could just get in touch with us to say that they're interested to contact at the miniminxes.co.uk but enough about that let our Kieran give you his fact 
I was there for one more Disney day. It's so not fair that I live so far away. I know. I would have just loved to have been there. Um, I don't know if you recall me ever telling you about this, Kim, that when my kids were a bit younger, we, ha- we went through this phase with them of taking them to museums and sleeping at the museums. And there is a place in Leeds called the Royal Armouries. And one Halloween, we slept there along with about 60, 70 other children, all hypercharged up on M&Ms. <laughs> you know, come four o'clock in the morning, none of the kids had got to sleep, and I think the staff were wanting the kids just to settle down a bit. So before we knew it, we had uh, exhibits walking around the uh, armory floor, scaring the kids to bits and making them go to sleep. But it was good fun. <laughs> And, you know, I would have loved to be at the Magic Kingdom at three o'clock in the morning wearing my PJs, having a dull whip, strolling around. You know, I would have loved it. But as you say, we don't live near enough for magic. Unfortunately not, no. And regular and faithful listeners of the show, back before Michelle, I actually had an interview with somebody that went to Walmart Disney Day. It was the lovely Dana and she talked about all her adventures throughout that day she was there for the full 24 hours i think it's about show three or four i think it's called one more girly day or something like that but it's definitely worth a listen if you want to listen in detail a bit more about one more disney day the only unfortunate thing is it's got no michelle on it but it might have a shout out to me at the end so that'll be okay true <laughs> so there were so many things that happened in 2012 and there were so many other podcasts that would be doing the same as us reflecting on the past year so we thought we'd do it minxy style we thought we'd pick a topic each to discuss and say why its occurrence in 2012 was important or special to us and i think there kimmy you've uh, chosen one have you i have but it it neither meant anything to me or was special to me it just annoyed me oh was this the rumor of them not doing turkey legs anymore <laughs> no that's a completely different podcast okay so come on then tell us what was your highlight or low light of 2012 well, definitely the low light of 2012 was for me happened on may 31st 2012 and that was because on that day to close one of my favorite attractions for the sake of a hall full of snotty princesses. <laughs> You're not a meet and greet princess kind of girl, are you, love? I'm certainly not, no, have you guessed? Just a bit. But yes, yeah, sadly on that day, it was the last day for the Snow White attraction in Fantasyland to make way for storybook 
it's not a princess hall. Which is fine, I understand that the princesses are popular and need somewhere to put them. Why did they have to put them there? Why could they not have put them somewhere else? Like, where the tiki room is? <laughs> you don't like the tiki room either, love. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm one of the very... So that's something else that happened in 2012, I suppose. I'm one of the rare people who actually prefer having the two Disney characters in. Zazu and the parrot from Aladdin. Yeah, go. I liked that version. Corny as it was, I liked it. Because it, it involves two obscure Disney characters that you don't tend to see anywhere else in the park. So Disney decided to have a fire, which was an accident, and set Yago on fire so they no longer exist. <laughs> Be careful what you're saying about this. It was an accident, lovey. Yeah, when I'm saying accident, I know this is like a sound cast and not a video cast. I'm actually doing them little bunny ear quotation things with my fingers. An accident. Shh, I don't know what you're insinuating there, Kimster. But I think we better move on before uh, both of us lose our homes with the litigation suit from Disney. <laughs> but yeah, so they got rid of Snow White. Now, I understand the reasons why. I appreciate that the princess needs somewhere to go. I also appreciate the fact that we're getting a new Snow White attraction. What I don't appreciate is the fact that they close it in 2012 and we don't get our new attraction till at least 2014. I, do, I must admit, I, I, I don't see the rush, you know. I don't see the new fairy book story meet and greet area opening as yet, so whether they're actually even doing any work on it. So it would have been nice to keep snow open a little bit longer. I just don't understand why we need the whole two-year gap. Could the, what, the princesses complaining they had nowhere to go? Was, was, was Cinderella throwing her glass slipper out of her pram? <laughs> Did she, was she gonna, was she gonna strike? Well, I tell you, I know somebody who agrees with you, Kim. Go on. Ben Miles. Ooh. Do you recall Ben is, um, a young man who's got autism. Children with autism sometimes have a particular habit to be quite obsessive about things. I know my son is quite obsessive about Doctor Who with his autism. And Ben's was Snow White's Scary Adventure and he'd ridden it 3,451 times. And he was the last person to go on the ride when he said goodbye to it. Aww. So I imagine for him it would have been a very traumatic time sort of not having that repetitive experience again in his life and I feel on a smaller point I feel a bit like that myself because I really did enjoy the ride I love Snow White the film it is mm -hmm. it's got something for everybody it's cute it's cuddly it's sad it's happy you know, it's, yeah. it's just amazing and I do agree, it is a loss. I'm not happy with the with the break, but on the other hand, I think the what they're bringing in its replacement sounds utterly amazing. Well, again, you talk, I mean, obviously this is me we're talking about, me who whose idea of a roller coaster is going on the TTA when it goes fast through the deck. That is my <laughs> roller coaster. Why are we turning it into a roller coaster? I don't think it's going to be Repried Rocket Love. I, I don't think it's going to be anything as scary as that. But at the end of the day, though, it's still a roller coaster. It's still going to have a height requirement on. 
I don't know what the height requirement's going to be, but surely that's going to not let, like, a two-year-old go on it? I don't know. I suppose we're going to have to wait and see. Um, talking of sort of roller coaster issues with you, have you ever been on the Bandstormer? No, because it's a roller coaster. But that, that's, that's for, like, four-year-olds, Kim. Yeah, but two-year-olds can't get on it. Yeah, but you're not two, you're 30. Yeah, but my argument... Hey, we're not arguing about that. My <laughs> argument is that Snow White Dark Ride was a nice, family-friendly, your two-year-old, your one-year-old, your baby could quite happily sit there and go through Snow White. Now, all right, I bet it'll be fantastic, and I bet in two years' time, if I'm still creating noise pollution on this podcast... I'll be singing its praises, but at the moment, I'm just a bit perplexed as to why they've taken a family ride through the youngsters and sort of possibly limiting the people that are going on it. All right, love. All right, I uh, I know it's a it's a hard wrench for you because it's taking away one ride that I can go on. You know, <laughs> I suppose. Bless you. There's only so many times one girl can go on Stitch's Galactic Adventure. <laughs> I can go five times per time we go. <sighs> I don't mean per time we go. I mean, like, if we went to the Magic Kingdom, like, 20 times, I'd go five times every time. So that's, like, 100 times, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on then there, Kimmy. We can move on, but I'm really not happy. And I know we've got to move. I know everyone's probably saying, yeah, but we've got to move with the times now. It's, it's such an old way of riding, but... Aren't the olden's the best? Well, tell you what, I'll make a deal with you here, lovey. Let's come back to this issue when we've seen the new ride and then say whether it was a worthwhile replacement. Yeah, but this, this blooming roller coaster's going to start swaying. What about if I suffer from seasickness? It's not going underwater. Yeah, but it sways. You get motion sickness. <sighs> well, that's going to do you in good stead with what I'm going to talk about in a minute then, isn't it? Oh, no. We're not going to talk about the Tower of Terror, are we? No, we're not. I'm going to talk about, instead of saying goodbye to something like you did, I'm going to say hello to something that was new to the Disney company this year. I'm saying hello to the Disney fantasy. Ooh. Going to give you a little bit of a history lesson first. Back in February 2007, which seems so long ago now, Disney Cruise Lounge said they were going to add two further ships to their fleet with the fantasy being christened on the 1st of March 2012. Now these ship thingies have something called a godmother, which is the person who's sort of quite well known, kind of connected to Disney and prances around on a stage on the day it has its christening really. I can't think of another reason why they have a godmother, I suppose it's just tradition. Anyway, for some reason they chose Mariah Carey. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> The number one choice for all Disney fans is Mariah, but... Why, why didn't they have somebody like... Me? Hannah Montana? Me? Oh. Me? Me? But you're not, you're not famous. Well, no, nobody knows my name outside of my house, but never mind. Anyway, I'm going back to the, ch- back to the ship. Alright. 1,250 staterooms are on the Disney Fantasy, and it's similar to the Disney Dream, which was launched the year before. The Disney Fantasy was slightly different because it had some enhanced facilities to cater for guests being on board the ship for its longer seven-night voyages. 
The dream was decked out in a 1920s style of art deco, which was predominantly bold colours and geometric shapes. However, a slight step back further in time for the fantasy was designed with the Art Nouveau style, where its influences came from nature and, fe and it now features smooth curved shapes. And, you know, it looks absolutely beautiful. I will be sailing on the uh, fantasy later in the year. Not that she's bragging or anything. No, no. Well, well, you're going on dream, love. Come on, let's be honest. You're going on a cruise. I'm going on a cruise. Yeah, but I'm not the one who's telling everybody. Well, you would do if you were talking about the Disney dream, though. So shut up, kid. That's not the point. <laughs> okay, I'm going. I'm going back to my Bailey. All right, go back to your Bailey's, love. So I'm quite excited because there's it's water coaster on board. There's the Muppets Midship Detective Agency. It just sounds absolutely fantastic and it was a big major investment for Disney Cruise Line. Quite excited about that to be honest there Kimster. Yeah. Oh sorry am I taking you off um, having your Baileys love now? You were I was having a sip then. Oh sorry. Some of our listeners very kindly got in touch with some of their highlights Yes, as Michelle said, um, we've had a few of you tweet her to give us what their highlights were. And the first one was a gentleman called Clyde, also known as at a Disney dad, who said that his highlight was one more Disney day. Which we've already covered. Good point there, Clyde. Thank you for sharing. Jenny Whiteman, who is Jens underscore UK on Twitter, she was over in Paris for the 20th and listened to that amazing talk by Tony Baxter. OMG. Wow. So jealous on that one. I like Jenny. I remember Jenny. Jenny was on my quiz team. She was indeed. And the lovely partner, Matt. Oh. Did they get lots of questions right? They were our Disneyland Paris experts because neither me or Laura had been to Disneyland Paris. Just remind me there, Kimmy, who won that quiz? You with your snotty team. <laughs> yes. But no, I like Jenny and Aaron White Matt because they just talked for hours in the bar. Yeah. So a big hello to Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Laura Bridden tweeted in and her highlight was the opening of New Fantasyland. <gasps> Something we've both to experience yet, Kim has, isn't it? I might buy boycott it. Why? Because the shut's no white now. Talk about cutting your nose off to spite your face. Don't you want to go meet Ariel and in a sit in a clam with her? No, I'll go see Stitch. Oh God, go on then. Well, a personal highlight here for Jordan Withan was people commenting on her amazing stretching room a la Haunted Mansion tattoo. Oh my heavens, it looks amazing. She very kindly sent it a picture through and it's the picture of the lady with the long skirt on the tightrope with the crocodile with its jaws open underneath. It just, oh, I'm lost for words, absolutely fantastic tattoo. You like your Disney tattoos though, don't you? I do, I do. I think it's amazing and we're going to have to do a podcast at some point about Disney tattoos and I'll just have to pack you off somewhere. I don't have a Disney tattoo. Well, I have a tattoo, it's just not a Disney tattoo. Give me a week, we'll work on our listeners. We'll get her covered in some Disney ink. Stitch? Yeah, we can do Stitch. Ooh. You could have your Stitchy as Kimmy tattooed on yourself. I could, but I'm not going to. So, that's what myself and Kim and some of our listeners think 
about 2012. Now to catch up on the other bits of news from 2012 and his personal highlights, here's Lou Mangella and he's going to talk through some of his highlights of 2012. Busy year this year hasn't it been? It's a, it's a busy year but busy is good, I say it time and time again but it is a great time to be a Disney fan. Definitely, and I see next year being even better, but I'm not going to digress, that's going to be another show. (laughs) Let's think back over this year then. Anything that immediately stands out and goes ping, 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 that was the best thing ever. So I prefaced 2013 by saying I was most excited for the things that weren't announced as yet, right? So we knew that New Fantasyland was coming, we knew that Test Track was coming, But I was excited for the things that we didn't know about. And when I close my eyes and think about the first thing in 2012 that hits me, it's the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm and Star Wars. I just so knew you was going to mention that. And an image (laughs) of you as an Ewok came straight into my head. (laughs) You know, I used to think of myself as a little Yoda, but because of the Ewok costume, I'm, I'm now the Ewok. So, But yeah, l- listen, Michelle, nobody saw this coming. It makes perfect sense. This marriage of Disney and Star Wars and Lucas has always been a great relationship. And as somebody who is <clears throat> a seven-year-old boy trapped in a 44-year-old body, Disney now really has brought together all of the elements of my childhood, right? It's Disney, it's Muppets, it's Marvel and Star Wars. You know, they're all under that same family umbrella uh, of, of great sort of wholesome entertainment, and I could not be happier for what, again, the future is going to hold. Well, that's that's the big key thing for me, is thinking about, well, now they've got this, we've got the films coming up in the future, let's see some Star Wars land or an expansion of the Tatooine Traders area, somewhere to eat. I just, my head is a busy... Yeah, I uh, I am sure. And look, Disney has confirmed it. Tom Staggs this week said, yeah, you are going to see more Star Wars in the parks. And they've got Star Wars weekends and all the great mashup merchandise. So you could only imagine, and it's great to sort of play, you know, at-home Imagineer and imagine something like a Star Wars cantina restaurant or a Lucas-themed land with, with more elements from the films right in someplace like Disney's Hollywood Studios. You know, it made my son's day when I was able to ask him the question, who's your Disney favourite character? And he he had to come up then with R2-D2 because he was (laughs) able to. Exactly, exactly. It it made a lot of Disney geeks very, very happy. And Star Wars geeks happy too. I'm a fan of the films. And now knowing that you're getting additional films and that, you know, that brand and that story is going to continue both on screen, hopefully on TV, and in the parks, is really, Mom, totally nerding out. <laughs> I have a confession. If you say you've never seen Star Wars, I'm getting on a plane today and bringing you I've seen one of them. Which one? Um, The one where he goes into the bar, and I can't remember what it's called, with gorgeous Harrison Ford. <laughs> All I remember is gorgeous Harrison Ford. I am, yeah. <laughs> That's what Star Wars is to me, too. It's just gorgeous Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You at least saw the original one, you know, you saw the original uh, Star Wars and the original trilogy, so I'm relieved about that, but uh, I think I know when I come to the UK what we're going to do for six hours one day. Big bag of popcorn, chick butty, scraps, and a big pile of DVDs. Oh, well, see, now I'm serious. Now I really do want to. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. 
Oh dear, so I, I, I think pretty much I am in agreement with you about Lucasfilms and the, also the other companies that come along with it. Um, anything else? Yeah, you know, this weekend they had the media preview for New Fantasyland and Test Track and Splitsville and Downtown Disney. They talked about some of the things that are coming in the future. And of all of them, obviously, if you look at me, Be Our Guest Restaurant was very, very exciting because of what it brings in terms of cuisine. But I will tell you, Michelle, that the restaurant itself is spectacular in its appearance in it's one of the final chapter of the story that goes on all around you I mean, they, Disney did an exceptional job visually and story wise on New Fantasyland but you see how I sneak another one in here <laughs> oddly enough the, one of the things that I was really excited about was in downtown Disney and they just opened up Splitsville and it sounds like it's just a bowling alley right like you think about sort of your, your father's bowling alley and it's dirty and smoke and there's bar fights it really is an entertainment venue and I think this is helping to define what downtown Disney is going to be in terms of a family destination where the whole family can get together you can bowl you can eat you can have fun but upstairs at night on weekends it's a place for adults to go as well too there's higher-end food there's bars there's indoor and outdoor seating and it's really a nice place just to sort of hang out and spend time with friends beyond the parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really nice big step in a great direction for downtown Disney. And I gather there's three Wi-Fi in the area, so people will be enjoying posting pictures of their evenings out at downtown Disney as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a beautiful venue. It's a beautiful venue. And the food's awesome. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, you've surprised me because you've mentioned two there. You've mentioned Lucas. You've mentioned Splitsville. I would have thought you would have mentioned something to do with a, a rediscovery of the little orange bird. Orange bird was so, you know, March 2012. <laughs> eons ago. But yeah, I guess I forgot that the orange bird came back this year. And it's as a nostalgic. I think we, a lot of us are very excited about, you know, looking to our past or looking to the future. And the return of not just the character, but the citrus swirl. Are you talking about food? I have to stop. You know, I, I thought it's not mentioned uh, the citrus swirl. And as the leader of the cult of citrus, you know, it's it's got to be done. You've got to try it. It's true. It, um, it is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, snacks in, in Magic Kingdom. And when it's hot outside in Florida, which I know is surprising to listeners, but when it does get hot in Florida, it is, uh, it's the perfect refreshing treat. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to steer you away from food. Oh, um, What about the two new-ish gaming elements that have come into the parks. We've got the new Adventures of Agent P, which has replaced Kim Possible, and Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. Are you a fan of either of those? How do you think it's enhanced the guests' experience? Comments? And you just hit it right on the head. It's about enhancing the guest experience. Right, it, I talk about Walt Disney World in terms of layers of the onion on its most basic outer layer. It's the rides, it's the attractions, it's the shows. Yes, it's the food and the characters. But things like Agent P, World Showcase Adventure, and Sword of the Magic Kingdom let you start to sort of peel back some of those layers. And they give you an interactive experience, right? So now you're not just walking from attraction to attraction, ticking things off on a map. It gives you something else to do. It brings you to areas of the Magic Kingdom. 
system or world showcase that maybe you wouldn't have gone before. Right? You can play individually. You can play together as a family, which I love seeing. It's problem solving. It's bringing back classic Disney characters. There is a uh, a collectability element. The cards. There's a trading aspect, and interacting with other guests as well too. You know, you could make a day out of playing the games without buying a single attraction. And I think that's a really good thing because the Walt Disney World experience is really going beyond just going down a list of attractions that you need to hit. There's a, there's so much more to do both in and out of the parks. I think these are two great steps forward in terms of that level of interactivity, community, personalization. I think there's a, a, a lot more to it than just what it seems on its face. Definitely, and I must admit, the Sorcerer's Game is so addictive. I found myself going to Epcot, going via Magic Kingdom to get that day's new allowance of cards, and then slowly going down Main Street to check in, and before I knew it, three hours had gone, and I'd had a few battles, traded cards with other guests, got speaking to other guests, and giving them tips. They gave me information, and I didn't even go on a ride. It was amazing. But, and I think that's what it does. Or in between going on rides or while you're waiting for your, you know, your, your meal, it's something else to do. And it's a game. You know, it's a game. And look, Michelle, you, you wonder, is this something that may eventually have uh, an at-home element? So now when you're done playing in the parks, you can do something with these cards at home beyond just sort of collecting them and trading them. Uh, you wonder how far out that experience may end up going in the future. Well, indeed. As I say, mine are in a frame at the moment, and I suppose when I go back next year, I'm going to have to deframe them and get them out and start <laughs> using them again. But uh, a nice memento for me to look at in the wall of that. Oh, I remember that day when I played with that card. And, you know, it's interesting, show because I think this is one of those things that probably was originally developed for kids, right? It was thought about kids in mind, the kids who want to play this game, and look how many adults are playing without children. There's, you know, you have these big husky macho guys standing in line to play in Adventureland right behind a little six-year-old kid, which I think is a good thing. It is. To be honest, I saw more adults playing when I was there because it is highly addictive. It's getting you to, as you say, visit different parts. And then it's bringing in the nerd in you where you like to trade and try and get those hard-to-find cards and... Love it to bits. The big thing, I suppose, for us in the UK has been the Wi-Fi because, particularly for us, it's been very expensive to keep in touch with people back in the UK. So if you're an international guest, you end up with a massive roaming bill on your mobile phone. For So for us to actually have access to the internet in the parks, that has made a real big difference how we're able to not just interact with our family but over the last sort of six months I've been having friends who are over in Florida Skyping me so I could watch a parade or a fireworks show and it's it's again putting the community of us Disney fans in the park when we're 4,000 miles away absolutely I think Disney is doing a very smart thing because they realize it's about not them broadcasting a marketing message, but us who are the Disney enthusiasts, who are the guests, sharing our experiences, right? So it's about sharing a photo with grandma back home, making your friends in the UK jealous because you're eating a swirl, <laughs> Facebooking, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever, however it is you like to share your content with others and 
people connected to the experience. That's what that Wi-Fi does. I also think that Disney has their own plans for what that Wi-Fi is going to do, right? So they've released the new My Disney Experience mobile app, which has maps. You can make dining reservations. And I think with some of the next-gen technology that's coming to, there may be other reasons that that Wi-Fi in the parks may become valuable and an asset to guests as well, too. Which is going to be, uh, no doubt, a hot potato when it comes out because there's everything with Disney. People are either for it or against it. So I suppose we'll see what, what they have planned uh, early into 2013. Definitely. be all exciting anyway, though, won't it? Gives you a reason to keep on paying attention and keep on coming back, exactly. Right, well, Lou, thank you for sharing your highlights of 2012 with us. All sorts of things coming ahead. Yeah, and again, again, I'm excited about the things that we don't know are coming. Well, if you can pull Star Wars out of the bag like that and totally blindside us all, heavens know what they've got secreted away. Exactly. Big thank you from me, and hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you again. Look forward to talking to you again in 2013. Welcome. What do you think to all of Lou's highlights? Was it a surprise he was going to choose Star Wars? No. No. I must admit, there's many a Disney fan didn't expect that coming, and many a Disney fan would have said, yep, Star Wars is a highlight for them. Yeah, I can leave it. I'll take it. Um, I did try. I'm sorry, listeners. I know I've said this before. I'm not a big Star Wars person. Like, I kind of watched New Hope or Number 4 or whatever it is once before, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll be a supportive, caring mother. So I sat down on the sofa with our Kieran and watched it with him. And do you know what? I was bored, Richard. I'm sorry, it's just not for me. The only bit I enjoyed was that blooper halfway through where the Star Trooper walks in and bangs his head on the door. That's the only bit I enjoyed. Sorry. I mean, I have seen all six films and I can appreciate especially the first three. Well, I say the first three, but they're really the last three. <laughs> if you get what I mean, but I can appreciate them films and what they were in the in the time that they were released in. Okay, well, as I just mentioned, Karen is back again with a little bit of DLP facts for us, Kim. Off you go, Karen. This is Kieran, and I have a recap fact of 2012 for you! Moving away from American Parks to Disneyland Paris, in April they celebrate their 20th anniversary with the dazzling debut of Disney Magic of the Lake and the incredible new nighttime spectacular Disney Dreams. Critics have called this show the best nighttime show ever. If you haven't yet seen this, in true Disney style, the Year of Magic will continue well into For that Karen and as our Kimmy will testify she was there for DLP's 20th this year albeit it was in November what did you think of Disney Dreams Kim? I, I really did enjoy it it isn't as good as say Wishes or Illuminations for, for me for, well, no, 
for me, I think there's too much going on. The fi- and I think I've said this before. The mm-hmm. thing with wishes is that you can be as far away as the Polynesian beach, if not further, and still enjoy it. Whereas with dreams, if you're not sort of seeing the castle without an obstructive view by an iPad or a child on someone's shoulders or a rude Frenchman smoking in your face, it, it, you don't get the full effect, I don't think, personally. If, I mean, it is fantastic to see. Yeah, well, I'm hoping, keeping everything crossed, that this year is going to be the year I get over to DLP, so then I'll be able to give a judgement about it. I do know Steve over at the DLP podcast, as Kieran said, has got some amazing links and clips and articles about it, so I do recommend, as Kieran said at the end of his fact, bob over to his website and have a have a look and if you've not yet caught up with it but now moving on kim we've talked about 2012 2013 is upon us big year woohoo i'm not woohoo because it is a big year but it's 13 i don't like the number 13 well i don't mind it because i was born on 13 so it's not a big problem for me so i always knew there was something weird about you Hey ho. But it is a big thing for both of us turning the year because we can now both officially say this year we're going to Disney! Woo! Yeah! And Disney as their enhancement campaign for this year have brought out the limited time magic. Do you remember back all the way back earlier in 2012 they had this massive ice sculpture in, the, in Times Square, New York to promote its launch limited time magic well they've already done one kim have they they have indeed it began on the 30th of december and ran till the 5th of january do you know them disney guys guess what they called it go on tell me bling in the new year with that in mind bling i was expecting being showered with diamonds i was expecting glitter i was expecting razzmatazz i was expecting glamour do you know what they did go on tell me tomorrowland dance party oh we stitch i don't know if stitch was part of the dance party but basically bling in the new year advertised as a tomorrowland dance party with nightly countdowns to the new year now this is what puzzles me after the 31st of december and you've counted down to the new year why are you going to be counting down to the new year on the 2nd 3rd 4th and 5th of january because it's already the new year and surely that's weird well not particularly because it just gives you a chance to relive that over again and over again and over again and over again Nah, I think they could have done better. You say that, but there's so there's already wasn't wasn't one of the nightclubs in Pleasure Island based on the whole fact that every night was New Year's New Year's Eve. Oh God, I've seen a film about something like that. I must admit, they are hate cheese like that. But no, I kind of like that idea myself. Mm, I don't do dance parties. That's because I'm boring. Maybe I don't know. I'm gonna put you now, Kim. Right, you're in charge of limited time magic. What would you like to see happening on this promotion throughout the year? Go on, off you go. Give me some ideas. For me personally, it would be to see some of the rarer characters. Yeah, cool. Go on then. Tell me who you want to see. Animal characters, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid question. How did I guess? Question to ask. Why did you have to ask? But you know, know, Todd Todd and Copper from Fox and the Hound. Figaro and Cleo from Pinocchio, as we were talking about them the other week. Oliver and... Dodger and the crew from Oliver and Company. Would you like some puppies? 
101 Dalmatians, yes, some real life 101 Dalmatian meet and greets. How cool would that be to have Cruella Deville and 101 proper puppies, Dalmatian puppies? You could have the snow buddies. All the snow buddies are also sometimes known as Santa buddies, treasure buddies, air buddies, spooky buddies. Okay, so basically, listeners, Kim wants anything to do with dogs. Not necessarily dogs, because Todd's not a dog, Todd's a fox. Oliver's a cat. You, I mean, even even Robin Hood and Maid Marian, the two fox characters, that'll do. Okay, apart from the animal and character in flux, any other ideas? Um, let's have a think. Do I have any other ideas other than animals? Let's reopen the fact that I want to buy a bit of path tile. <gasps> oh, a legacy over at Epcot. No, I've already got one of them. You've already got a legacy at Epcot? You didn't tell me, I could have gone and tracked it down for you, love. Oh, I didn't think. But yes, me and Aaron already have a legacy at Epcot. But to go with that, I want a tile at Magic Kingdom. <gasps> That'd be so cool. Because there's plenty of spare ones. Oh god, yeah. The other idea that I've had is something that I think would be quite easy and quite cheap for them to do would be to bring back all shows from the past. You know, a bit like the shows that they put on in front of the castle. Oh yeah. So like Cinderella Bration and old old shows from the past that maybe people haven't seen for years. Let's bring some of them back. I could have a different one of them every week. Cool. Yeah, that sounds good. So you get to see some of the nostalgia coming back in some of the shows rather than the same show every day. True. The only ideas I had. Possibly to experience certain experiences that you would never experience somewhere before like why not reopen the cinderella suite that's what i was gonna say definitely let people go and have a glimpse inside the suite yeah that would just be amazing definitely really would you know perhaps seeing something that you don't normally see even on the backstage tours like yeah showing how safe the tower of terror is and showing all those behind the scene mechanisms maybe showing some rare footage on over at one man's dream because there's already the like cinema seating already in there show some disney movies so show some old footage of the parks oh why not show a disney movie on the castle <gasps> oh that sounds even better i don't know if we have the technology for that though well, it's only projection like what they do with the magic memories in you and the newer ones surely you'd only have to project the same thing on the castle that's an idea. Oh, it doesn't have to be on the castle. I mean, there's there's three other theme parks, isn't there? I mean, true. There's Animal Kingdom. There's Epcot. You can always screen it on the Epcot ball. <laughs> it's not a ball, darling. It's a geodesic sphere. It's a ball. It's a golf ball, and it petrifies me. <laughs> as well as my, my roller coaster fear, I have a fear of ball. You have a fear of balls. Not balls in general, just that one story and do not like walking okay. underneath it i do not like looking at it from a distance and i'm convinced it's going to fall off them little sticks that it's on have you any idea how far down into the florida soil that thing is stuck you can say you can say that to me till you're blue in the face because aaron is exactly the same it, it don't matter i don't like it it's too big for its own good it mocks me as i walk past it gonna fall on you gonna fall on you gonna fall on you and squish you yeah 
Oh, well, I've, I've got a few other ideas. I'd, I'd like, because I'm a big Snow White, Seven Dwarfy fan, I'd like to see perhaps on the 7th of eight, each month during the whole year, the Seven Dwarfs out for the whole day. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, fitting in with the Seven idea. Other rare characters, and not just on a week, but scattered throughout the whole year, maybe Link each week to a Disney film so it could be a whole promotion about 101 Dalmatians one week then it could be Oliver and company and this then leads me into my new campaign and my new love of Song of the South because it's the first one that Walt did with live action and live animation and yes there is a lot of people that are against it because of some of the issues surrounding it but if it was put across in the way Walt intended it and introduced and dealt with in a sensitive manner then I think you know we could quite easily have a song of the south we can celebrate you know Splash Mountain, Br'er Fox, Br'er Rabbit and all the characters from the film because it's a lovely story and then Disney could make millions re-releasing it. No I mean I'm I do tend to agree with you, and I'll be completely honest, I don't know the full history about it, but what, what I could never understand is how that film can't be released, but a classic like Gone with the Wind is a loved, treasured film, despite it having similar themes. Well, I know, it's one of those things, um, but that's my idea with the characters. I'd also like to see unexpected magic, because for me personally, it's interactions that I have in the park and things that happen that aren't planned that make a certain thing more memorable for me so maybe random people buying a dull whip for you or a cast member to say hey here's a popcorn you know something that isn't expected isn't anticipated isn't queued for isn't booked in advance on fast pass plus but it's just given out to you as a random thing a nice thing to Mm -hmm. have happened and i also would like these things to happen not just for your average family with 2.4 children but also to take on board the fact that, you know, a 37-year-old man can get all giddy at the sight of seeing Pinocchio in the park just as much as a three-year-old girl could, you know. So I'd like to see a balance between the experiences being surrounded by your usual family, but maybe two guests coming together or a group of girls, a group of boys, a couple... That's my idea anyway, and I think they're also doing this idea about ear hats. What do you know about that, Kim? Yeah, I've actually seen some people wearing them on Phil, Emma and Ben's vlogs that they've been posting recently. I think they're quite cute. They're not everyone's cup of tea, but I do think they are quite cute. I must admit, I do particularly like the headband mini ears, and I've got quite a few different styles of them. Mm So yeah, let's see what happens with that one. It, it, it could work out to be quite good fun. Just knowing my luck when I go in August, it's going to be something ridiculous. That'll make me sweat even more. It'll be something like a full woolly hat with dangly bits and all sorts. That's going to make my head cook while I'm on holiday. Probably, your luck. Yeah, well, we'll keep my fingers crossed for that. Enough about what I want at Disney World. Let's hear what Kim's got to say about fact number three. I always think I'm not okay Again I wanna cry Here we are, my dreams of another year gone by Hello, this is Kieran and I have a recap fact of 2012 for you! 
2012 saw some new character meet and greets. Merida, with a complete dubious Scottish accent, rode in from the Scottish Highlands of Brave. From an interactive meet area where guests could try archery and meet her bare friends too. Tinkerbell's sister Periwinkle, straight from the Secret of the Wings, was added in Adventureland. And lastly, from Wicked Ralph, you could find Ralph and Vanellope in Disney's Hollywood Studios. At last, for us in the UK, the film isn't out until the 15th of February. I am a Dalek! Exterminate! Exterminate! Well, I did warn you to listen out for his uh, little Dalek impression. What do you think of that there, Kim? Oh, I think you should send him to Stephen Moffat straight away. Oh, that'd be his dream job, you know, writing for Doctor Who. It really would. Get him in a box, but make sure you put air holes in. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, I suppose, to be fair, that's about it for this episode. Wow, this time does fly past when you're having fun. It certainly does. And the next show is out on the 21st of January, and that'll be show 26. That means, Kim, 26, it's our first anniversary. Woohoo! We'll be one year old. Please send all birthday checks too. <laughs> but yes, the show will be one year old. Oh, that's amazing. What a year. Yeah. Time has flown. It has indeed. I've gone from being a mere podcast fan to a podcast co-host. Who practically runs the show. You're saying I'm taking over, love. I'm sorry. You're not taking over. You're just a lot more organised than what I am. I have to be. My life is so chaotic it needs to be organised. Or in other words, you've got OCD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've all been keeping an eye out on what things have happened, but we have had a little bit of a special spruce up just for you, our listeners, with all these new wonderful images and our revitalised blog there, Kim. Yep, certainly. Again, Michelle and her friends have been working really hard at revitalising the website and the blog. I believe the first blog post has gone up about a week ago. So there'll probably be more by now. And it looks really good. And I I had no idea how to do it. So <laughs> pop steel for working out to do it. Because I didn't have the foggiest idea. I wish I could take all the credit. It was down to Simon and Jane Phipps. Who very kindly said, yeah, we'll have a go at it for you. And I expected, you know, a couple of weeks, three, four weeks for him to do it. It was done that night. It was like, oh my God. You, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so, how anyway? I'll go back to Kimmy telling you how you can find all these wonderful things we've been busily doing. You can email us at contact at the uk. You can tweet us both at the miniminxes, and you can like us over on Facebook, which is www.facebook.com forward slash miniminxes Disney Podcast. And like Michelle's mentioned, read our fresh new blog over at www.theminiminxes.blogspot.co.uk 
please do so because uh, we're going to be putting quite a lot of interesting content on there and we will also be asking for some guest bloggers to come along and write a little bit about their Minimix experiences with Disney as well so please feel free to drop us an email with any ideas that you have and what you'd like to write for us about yeah come on Jenny Enough quiz, enough quiz studying, get some blogs wrote. Try you could do a brilliant blog on Disneyland Paris. Oh, that sounds fantastic. No pressure at all, Jenny, though. None at all. Just have it to me by the end of uh, the week, please. <laughs> or else you've got detention. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got some iTunes reviews, Kim. I know, we've got one from Guru Pidal saying we are a girly show with grit. Grr. Grr. Meaning, obviously, that, you know, we're a good show. He gave us five stars on Dead Happy. Not that we're frightening and scary. No. Well, he didn't say grr, he said grit. And moving away from the feedback, I just want to say a big shout out and hello to Disney Mum panellist Susan Farrell, who has been a guest on our podcast before. She has, at the moment, answered her last question as a Disney mum. Um, As you might know, Disney mums panel is ever-growing and they now have a rotor where people have a year on or a year off and Susan's just taken a back seat for the moment. So I just want to say I wish you well, Susan. I hope your future ventures into going to Walt Disney World as a guest rather as a Disney mums is still enjoyable and look forward to welcoming you back to Disney Mum's panel in the future. Indeed. Hey, well, another show, another dollar came. It certainly is. That's if we ever got paid for doing this, because we just sort of do it for free, because yeah, it's fun. We don't get paid. <laughs> I wish we got paid. Yeah. We do it for love. We get paid in kindness. Kindness. Lovely people saying nice things about our wafflings. Yes. And talking of wafflings, I think it is time for us to waffle off and disappear. Certainly is. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from her. And you. And me. And them. And us. Mini kisses. Mwah. Mwah.